Right, ladies and gentlemen and assholes, welcome to the Inner Winner Show, episode or day eight. eight. I'm here with my guest, Imogen. Hi. She's pretty much a recurring guest at this point, which yes. probably won't be a permanent thing, but because at some point I'll have to get rid of her. Hey, don't make that face at me. <laughs> so we're going to do this one a little more free form today. I haven't got any notes up, which mm-hmm. is the first time because I read from notes and I think that makes it a bit scripted. Mm-hmm. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about like how to make it a bit more organic and the fact that we're feeling- Organic is a sexy word. It is. <laughs> how to make us a bit less nervous and stiff when we talk because yeah, I think we both get a bit, I guess, in our own heads about like making sure we cover all points and say mm-hmm. the right things and have something to say because it's this fear of like, what if we just stop talking or don't know what to say or sound stupid, so we need some sort of direction. I just realized I couldn't hear you, right? And I was like, why is she talking so quiet? And it's because I had my noise-canceling headphones on my head. Why didn't you tell me to take them off? I I thought you wanted to have them on. Why would I want them on? I couldn't hear you. I was like, this bitch is quiet all of a sudden. (laughs) Yeah, so we're not going to stick to to words, to notes. Because I do get a bit, like, neurotic when we talk. Mm. Like, I'm not quite listening to what you're saying because I'm constantly, you've seen me look at my laptop. I'm like staring at the laptop the whole time going like, okay, like what's the next point? I'm like waiting for you to finish so I can bring up the next point. And that's not how you have a fucking conversation. And yeah, no, we've had this kind of, it's always when we're walking back after having done it that we start talking and it just feels a lot more Yeah, we go back to normal conversation. It's a lot better. Yeah, and how many times have we like finished this podcast and then we just start talking normally? And I'm like, damn it, we should be like saying this on the podcast because the conversations are better outside of it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just like a heads up, you guys have been listening to the shit version of our conversations. So hopefully, doesn't I don't mind giving you guys the table scraps? (laughs) Yeah, because there's a chance that this could actually (coughs) end up being a lot worse than the than the alternative. So it's this this all an experiment. This drink is gonna fuck me up. That was a bad call. Wasn't I'm it? drinking that. We have like chili chocolate, and it's and de- deceptively hot. Yeah, it's weirdly hot. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, I can't drink that while we talk. Can you g- give me the water? water? So, what are we going to talk about today? Well, We're going to talk about. <laughs> You're going to ask me and then answer your own. Yes, question. I told you this at the start. <laughs> I'm going to fucking ask you. Que- You're just here for eye candy that can't be seen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think I will lead up and say I think that this topic for this one to be free form is probably a good one because I think it's something yeah. that we have a lot to say. And we're going to talk more, a little more yeah. like emotionally. We won't get emotional, but it's a, it's like yes. an emotional topic. It's 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 still a logical topic as well, mm-hmm. but it's more about our experience. So we'll talk more about that. Mm-hmm. We should also talk about this microphone. Mm-hmm. We have one microphone. Mm-hmm. If anyone is listening and they do podcasts or YouTube or anything like that, specifically interviews. Give me some – wow, I sound so fucking entitled, don't I? I would appreciate if you would <laughs> let me know if you are happy to share any information about what microphones you use and stuff like that, specifically for interviewing, like, two people at once. Because when I do podcasts by myself, I have this Blue Yeti microphone. It works really well. I like it. I need to put a fucking pop filter on it. We have one. I have it. I'm not going to we're, – we're in a national park right now. We went for a little walk to get away from all the retards, as we'll talk about in a second. <laughs> and it's too hard to lug a bloody big pop filter mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. tiny little backpack. Anyway, point is, this microphone works well for just me talking. Mm-hmm. But when it's you, we have to sit like, because we only have one microphone, it can record from both sides, but we have to sit opposite each other. Yeah. 
for that to work. And it's this weird fucking like formal. I don't like it. I don't like staring at you while talking to you because that's not how I have conversations with most people. Yeah, it's very confrontational. It's like yeah. I think similarly, I don't like sitting opposite you in restaurants. I, we never sit opposite. I like sitting side by side, and I never do that with mates. It's like a weird fucking like. Yeah. It's just very strange. It was something actually that I noticed in. It's going to sound a bit like wanky, but in Paris, all of the cafes, all of the chairs are side by side. That's how it should be. Out onto the Fuck road. yeah, yeah, Paris. Like, you guys are like weird. You eat snails and shit, but like, any Frenchies listening, I actually don't think I have a very big French audience, at yeah. least from my statistics on my website. But I like that like a million times more. Yeah. I'm being there and be like, this is amazing. Like, look at the street. No one's got like a shit view looking at a yeah. wall. Yeah. 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 Because that's how you sit with your mates, unless you're a weirdo. Yeah, you always sit next to. You. Mm. I mean, girls do it different because girls are weirdos. But like, <laughs> I, I even point put that out in my dating advice. Mm. I'm pretty sure I put that in there. I talk about it all the time. I said like, don't fucking sit opposite each other. It's weird. It's an interview. Sit next to her. Yeah. Find somewhere that has like a couch or something, like a, a bar or a cafe that has a couch, or just move your chair around her side or say to her like, come sit here. I've like. I, that's something I've been so crazy stubborn with. I have never had a single date in my life sitting opposite a girl. Like, and I've had some girls who are weird. They're like, no, I don't want to sit next to you. This was early on when, like, mm. I was a nice boy and, like, it wasn't <laughs> clear that I, like, I didn't have a sexual vibe. So girls were, like, mm. a bit more reserved. And some of them would be like, no, I want to sit opposite you. And I was like, I'll walk out on this date if you don't come over here. <laughs> and some of them wouldn't come over. So then I would go sit to their side and, like. Mm. It feels more like an interrogation. Yeah, it's like a weird interview. I hate interviews that do that too. I like. I feel like most formal TV interviews do that though, don't they? They like. No, no, no. I mean, like a job interview. Oh, I've never had a job interview where it's anything but. Every interview I've done, because I did, like, I've been a manager at a lot of places I've worked at, and I've mm. done a lot of interviews, like interviewing other people for the role. Mm. Every single one I've done it super informal, because I'm like, I don't want you to fucking sit there. So I'll like angle my chair, kind of. We're both sort of facing toward, like parallel to each other rather than perpendicular i've never seen that for an actual job interview. like we're not sitting there like side by side or some <laughs> shit it's like a 45 degree angle you know okay. what i mean That's or i would just on, yeah. kind of like when I worked in supermarkets and stuff, I would just like walk around mm. with them because I'd I be like, that's, that's good. yeah, mm. that's way better. Let's just like walk around the department and you can have a chat and I'll introduce you to the other staff. You mm. know, you can see how I interact with customers because customers would always come up and even though you're busy, they'd be like, can you tell me where the eggs are? <laughs> They'd be like, no worries, mate. I'll tell you where the fucking eggs are. Did you ever do a thing where you like put them on the spot and like, can you tell them where the eggs are? No, because I'm not a fucking prick. Why would I do that to an <laughs> I don't know. No, that's like test. prickish behavior. You do that on day one when they have the job, not the interview. They're nervous. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of lack of empathy in job interviews. I, no, I shouldn't say that because I've had some, I've been interviewed by some mm. very empathetic people, but mm. there are also a lot of like people who just don't get it and just go through the motions. I suppose that's like any job. Mm. I think a lot when you like start moving up more, more corporate, it just, they kind of get lost. Because they're all robots and they don't fucking. That. Shout out to anyone listening who works in the corporate <laughs> environment. You know what I'm talking about. Mm. Anyway, this is a- We're going to talk about this fucking yeah, microphone. Yeah, tangent. No, oh, okay. No, we're going to go off on tangents. About. That was the whole point of this. No notes. Yeah. We'll just- If it's shit, don't let us know because that'll hurt my- No, actually, do let us know. <laughs> yes. I think it will actually be better because, like, I didn't like the conversations. I didn't like the way it made me feel. And there's no way I could have done that for 365 days. I was too tense. There's too much stress of, like- Oh, I got to get through all the dot points on my computer. Mm. Have you mentioned that you're going to, did you mention yesterday that you're going to do the three? Yeah, so yeah. yesterday's one has already gone up. So this is day eight. Yesterday was day seven. I specifically, I went and sat out in the rain. It was miserable, <laughs> but it did look pretty. It just didn't feel pretty. And yeah, I talked about 
Mm. Oh, we should talk about you're going to do your art. Yeah. You're so going to do one. On Off the back of you doing 365 with the podcast. And me nagging you to join me. Yes. <laughs> In solidarity. You know I wasn't going to take no for an answer. I, I, okay, I, I, w- I would have mm. taken no for an answer, but I would have like broken up with you. I knew I didn't really have an option once you mentioned it to me. Which is okay. Because After the podcast we did about like facing your fears yes, and not pushing it, right? Like you can't, you can't just be like, no, nah, I'm scared. Sorry. Um, I'm going to do a similar thing with my art, which is very daunting. I mean, I wouldn't mind doing art every day, but part of it is that I'm going to be uploading the said artwork to my Instagram. And yeah, I putting have, it out into the world. Yeah, and I have a very big problem with having anything against my name that I'm not – at least like a six out of ten okay mm. with. And six out of ten for me is a it's a decent bar to meet. Mm. Um and so that brought up a lot of tension because I ended up getting quite upset yesterday evening when you brought up the idea and kind of me knowing that I didn't have much of an option was because Yeah, I and I still kind of feel that way, but I don't want to shit against my name. And mm-hmm. It, it definitely is an ego thing, but I think, yep. like you mentioned, not only will it be good to practice doing art every single day and churning things out faster, because I definitely do fuss over the details and intricacies of things, but I think it will be a very good way to let go with how much value I put against what I produce. And I'm not even saying like that every single artwork needs to be some beautiful piece. It's kind of giving me a level of acceptance that it can be shit. I'm not putting it in a gallery. I'm chucking it up on Instagram and that's not a big deal. Yeah, let's dive into that a little bit because a bunch of you listening are eventually going to do this 365 project along with me because I'm going to nag you every <laughs> single day and I'm going to talk about how productive it's been, especially by the like the second or the third month. You're going to see like a radical increase in the quality of these podcasts. Like the topics that I talk about, the guests that I have on. The way that you speak. The way I speak. Hopefully the structure the way it of sounds. It. Yeah, the way it sounds. We're going to Im- increase the audio quality and shit like that, which we didn't finish talking about that, mm. but we'll come back to that. And that's probably going to make some of you want to join. But y- your first fear will be, especially if you choose to do something that's content creation and you choose to put something out into the world, even if it's just on a forum, like on my forums or on Instagram or something, even if you don't have a lot of followers, there is this notion of, yes, but if I do something for 365 days, some of that is going to be shit. There are going to be days where I don't feel like doing it. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I can't be bothered. I'm busy. I just don't feel that creative spark, whatever it is. You are going to put shit out into the world. And I definitely had that with my first 365 project, my photography one. There are a lot of shit photos. I can point them out to you. Uh, I've gone through some of them with you. Yeah, specifically and pointed and so, them all out and just to yeah, help look me how with shit my, these are. Yeah. yeah, and some of them are like actually really shit. I'm not going to say they're a zero out of ten, but they're like abysmal compared to what I can do, and they're not that much better than what the average person could probably do. Like some of them are literally just like I took a quick selfie because mm. I couldn't be bothered, and it's like any child could do that. But the benefit is all the benefits I talked about yesterday experience, becoming elite at something, it will be life-changing. You wake up every day and you have a purpose, you know who you are, you are the person on a mission. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you're on a s- – sabbatical is not the right word. What's, what's like what the mini- the missionaries do? I suppose they're just on a mission, aren't they? I think they call yeah. it on a mission, don't they? I, I don't know much Whatever. about that sort of stuff. Shout out to all my missionary friends. Yeah. You, you I probably have, have a huge missionary audience, right? There'll be a lot of guys like going – 
into Africa and shit, get some of that Telling like African pussy and stuff. I cows thought you were more on a Jesus recruitment type mission. Get some Jesus pussy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is probably some pickup artists who use the Jesus thing. Like, hey, have you heard about Jesus? And they get in there and then they're like, well, you know, why don't, why you, when you're letting the Lord inside of you, why don't you let that me inside like of you? That sounds like coercion and no. like creepy. Yeah, it's nicely. You say, can I have consent? Why you go to rape? You're like fucking Reddit. I think there's a very strong correlation between like the church and like some dodgy sexual shit. <laughs> I mean, let's not throw out the remaining tiny portion of our audience by insulting them as well. Hey, <laughs> I'll insult everyone else. I don't need you to insult people too. I'm going to create a list and make sure that we check <clears throat> everyone else to make sure every... So it's equality. It's every... like Everybody needs to be insulted. Genre of person. Yeah. Gets... I told you about that edgy friend I had in high school. He wasn't really a friend, but he was like... He would go around saying like, my mom told me that I could be anything, uh, so I chose to be an asshole. And like, you know, I'm not racist because I hate everybody equally. Yeah, it's, it's like, like mate, just calm down. Off, you're like, like 12 and you're edgy. <laughs> like, calm down, son. You probably listen to Linkin Park, and I'm 14, I fucking and love edgy. Linkin Park so much. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I really do. Um, mm. the fuck were we talking about? Uh, microphone, COVID. We still haven't even no, got to sh- anything. We were talking about, about three six five. Three projects. six five. So yeah, you will put a lot of trash out into the world, mm-hmm. but the benefit is. You also put out a lot of good content. Like if you're doing something for 365 days, let's say something like 50 to 70 of those will be shit. That That's roughly what it was, like really roughly what it was for me in my first photography mm-hmm. one. Probably like 50 to 70 were just shit. And when I say shit, other people would look at them and be like, yeah, no, that's okay. Like it's it's not horrible. It's not embarrassing. It's embarrassing to me because I had high standards and yeah. we all judge ourselves higher than we judge anyone else because mm-hmm. we're all arrogant cunts yes. who think that we're better than everyone else. Yeah, it's That's like an, an internal secret. It's, yeah. That's uh, your ego. My yeah, my art thing definitely comes from a, a huge ego where like yeah. I need to be better I need than, to be better than like the super world famous artists because <laughs> like I'm Imogen and I'm the best even yeah. though you think you're not the best. It's a weird like dichotomy. Mm. Yeah, you no, hate yourself definitely. but you also love yourself. Mm. Ego. Yeah. I will say the other thing that I will even looking to the future i think i will appreciate the fact that when you do start like any sort of creating creative endeavor it's very easy to have all this motivation and excitement at the start and after like a month be like "Eh, i can't be bothered this it is a grind i'm not going to say three six five days isn't a grind of course it is oh no some of it's gonna suck (laughs) yeah there's many days that suck us like i probably had like 20 moments where i was like this fucking sucks should i quit and then i was like well i'm in day like 80 it's a habit at this point Mm. like i went through patches and you can it's probably more apparent in something like a photography project Mm. because you can look at each each project each photo sorry in like three seconds. So you can like whip through them pretty quickly mm. and you can see patches of like weeks at a time where it's clear that I didn't give a fuck. Mm. The photos were just low effort, lazy. It really does, it, it's very apparent in a photo versus if you're doing like a podcast, you're not going to see mm. the weeks of shitness. Mm-hmm. And what, so by the end of it, you build up a portfolio. That's kind of how you should be looking at this. Like you in particular with your art, especially. And if you guys are going to do something like content creation wise, like you're going to draw something or do a podcast or YouTube, like whatever the hell you do, write something. You're building up a portfolio and that's probably the best way to frame it. By the end of this 365, I will have a portfolio. Some of that will be shit. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I can just ignore that. You're allowed to make a best of album. I have a best of my website, handyandypandy.com, mm-hmm. is just my best photos. Yeah, it is, it is your portfolio. Yeah, I've literally just gone, here are the like 
50 of my favorite photos. I'm going to shove them on there. That's what you're going to judge me by. I also linked to my 365 project. So you can go through and like read it day by day and see what my life was like for that year. But I, I'm not going to put half of those photos up on my website. I, I'm happy I made them. I'm never going to delete them. But those aren't my like curated portfolio. So if you guys do something like this, think of it in terms of I'm building a portfolio and the best way to do that is to just do a lot of content. It's not to sit there and spend a week going, I'm going to do the most perfect photo ever because you'll waste that week. You'll spend the week and by the end you'll be like, well, this isn't actually that good. Like mm. I thought this was going to be good, but it's not because you're not practiced. Mm. You haven't been, you don't have momentum from doing a daily task. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. Mm. I need to stop saying, well, okay, one, here's one thing I'll get better at with the podcast is when I finish a thought and there's some like silence in the air, I will like hand it over to you or I will let us sit there and think or I will let the audience sit there and think. Right now, because I'm like, I'm not super nervous, but like mm -hmm. it's early days. I'm trying to fill that dead air with by mm -hmm. saying something like, I don't know where I was going with that or you know what I mean or like these filler words. Yeah. Instead of just letting, letting it, it sit. sit. Let's let it sit. <laughs> How long do you think we can do that for? Let's let it sit for 45 minutes. Straight 45 up. 45 like, minutes. So we're on 17 minutes at the moment. Let's mm -hmm. just, when when that thing reads an hour, we'll start talking again. We'll see if the audience listens to that. I think I might get a bit bored. That's very like self-indulgent, isn't it? Incredibly so. There was this like conceptual piece of music where... I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it's I like what it's 45. Called. It's called, like, it's however long the, the piece yeah. lasted for, where an orchestra didn't play yeah. anything for X period of time, yeah. and they recorded it, and the whole piece was just the audience making noise. It's very wanky and conceptual. I love that wanky and conceptual shit. I, I love it, but I, I would never go and see it in an art gallery. I think that's where I draw the line. You know, you go to an art gallery, and there's, like, a painting that's just pure black. There's nothing on it. Yeah. It's like that joke. We go to plenty of galleries where it's like, yeah, no. we do go to wanky. <laughs> we go to the most wanky galleries, don't we? Are they wanky? Because we live in the most wanky city. Yeah. Well, we don't now, which is what we're going to talk about mm. on this fucking podcast. But microphone. So if any of you guys have recommendations for a microphone for an for an interview style, like two people, because I was thinking of just buying another one of these Blue Yeti mics, but they're fucking big and bulky. Yeah. And like, I don't like carrying this thing around. And I guess the idea is that you were in eventually going to invest in lapel yeah, so lapel or what's the other word? They're called something else. Clip-on? Clip-on microphones. There's another word for them. Like, it starts with L as well. Anyway, they're like interview mics that they have on news channels and everything like that and, and proper interviews. It clips onto your clothing. It's like a tiny little thing. Mm. If you guys have experience with those, let me know. Some of them are expensive. There's like $200 ones, and we'd obviously need to buy two. But I've seen cheap ones on eBay for like 30 bucks. Do, is it? Do you guys know, if anyone knows, is there much of a difference between quality in the two of them? If I don't get any answers from you guys, then I'll just do a bunch Google of Googling it. myself. Mm. Yeah. But I would appreciate if you know, let me know. Mm. That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a free blowjob or something. It's not gay if it's for my podcast. No? No. It's that's, helping a bro out. That's some interesting rationalization yeah. there. All right. So my, microphones. COVID. You Let's talk about COVID. About yeah. No, I feel like we finished on art. Mm. I like this. What, the tangent style? Of yeah, I like this chatting. way better. I feel way more comfortable. I yeah. feel like, I don't know if we'll always go on these kind of tangents, but I feel like this is much more free-flowing. This is how a podcast is supposed to be. I think I was trying too hard. We've talked about this. Mm. I was trying too hard to force my writing style mm. into this podcast. Mm -hmm. And so you, 
you guys might not know what my writing style is because you only see the final product. But like, I am very neurotic and like, yes. like very neurotic <laughs> with my with my writing with my mm -hmm. my articles. Even the lazy ones that are, sh I won't say lazy, but like the short ones that are only like 10 paragraphs or something. I love how 10 paragraphs is what I call short. Mm -hmm. Like I edit those and rewrite them like 20 times. And then I even go back, like, because sometimes I go back and read my old stuff. And I edit it. You yeah. edit old stuff I edit my old time. shit. I will, like, edit my old <laughs> shit for the rest of my life. So you guys better, like, archive my shit because it's going to get, like, edited 50 times from now until the, the end of time. Do you think you use that as a procrastination sort of thing so you don't have to write new stuff, though? Partly, but partly I also enjoy it because I'm yeah. very, like, information-focused. Like, mm. I may be autistic. I probably am autistic. Who gives a yeah, fuck? Yeah, that conversation, yeah. Yeah, 100% autistic. <laughs> and so I like, I like the truth. I like things to be structured and organized. Mm. I hate chaos. I mean, I do like some bits of chaos, but I, I, I like to contain chaos. I like putting chaos in a zoo, right? I'm like getting, disorder yeah. and chaos. I like putting it in a zoo and looking at it and studying it, which is like me literally trying to create yeah. order out of chaos. Or keeping it in like a theme park and you kind of get to do yeah. it for a little bit. But yeah, it's I get very to play like with a little bit of chaos. Oh, I had a drink tonight. Oh, like, you know, let's drive at like <laughs> one kilometer over the speed limit. Oh, let's like wind the windows down and like let the, the breeze feel like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> feel the wind in our hair. Yeah. yeah. Oh, crazy. Oh, do it for a little bit. Okay. Now back to normal. Like, mm. which is probably going to confuse a few people because they'll be like, you have fucking foursomes and like casual sex and shit. And it's like, yeah. And then I document it like an autist, right? <laughs> I literally document the process afterwards and like, here's what a foursome is like. Here's how you can have a foursome too. Here's the exact like things that were going through all of those girls had during the entire time. Even when I have LSD trips, I sit there and write right. like for like 16 hours in a row. I would just write down here is the process that's happening in my head. Well, every time we've gone in, we also have like a dot point list of like a plan of what. Yeah, we're yeah. Going before to take. we take LSD, I have a dot point list, and that like everyone who takes LSD is going to say like, "Bro, you are not supposed to like control the trip. You're supposed to just let it go." And it's like, yeah, this that's is, how I let it go. Like I can't like let the, go. Mm, yeah, I can't let go. Festival experience where you just like take something and you're like, "Ooh, let's see what happens." It's like no. We have a plan. <laughs> yeah. And then it doesn't go according to plan. And it's like, ah, but yeah, different story. Mm. Yeah. So this is, this is like a new experience for me. This is like a trip. Just letting go. Mm. I like, mean, there is the chance that it's way more enjoyable for us. This will be a million times more enjoyable for other people. <laughs> I promise you. Every podcast I've, I've listened to a million podcasts, mm -hmm. like every podcast I've ever been on. It's weird if you know that the person is like referring to notes. The conversation doesn't flow as well. Mm. It's awkward. The dead air is awkward. Mm. Shout out to the wind right That's now, by the way. That's some loud wind. Go quiet. I want to see if we can hear the wind on the microphone. That sounds so fucking nice. So we're like sitting in this national park mm. in this little like clearing, mm. sitting at this table. There's like one table in this entire national park. Mm. There's some chairs, fewer tables. Yeah, there's some benches like elsewhere, but no tables. And the wind is, like, blowing through here, and it sounds so fucking romantic as fuck, boy. Like, I'm getting a stiffy. I'm, like, hard as fuck, even though it's cold. It's very cold. And shout out to, like, shrinkage, you know, when your dick, like, shrinks. Why would you shout out to that? Because boys know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. When I worked in, the dairy, in that supermarket in the dairy and the freezer section, mm -hmm. man, I had no dick for, like, six <laughs> months straight up. I think I was there for, like, two years, actually. I had no dick for, like, two years. Every time you go into the freezer and it's, like... Nah. And then it sucks when you have to piss afterwards. Mm -hmm. Shout out to pissing after a shrinkage. Mm. You just like, you got to like warm your dick up. You literally have to jerk off a little bit because you're like, it doesn't work. It's like your dick doesn't work when it's shrunk when it's like, you know, I'm talking like proper freezing. Like, I wonder what people in igloos do. 
Igloos are quite warm. I actually had a conversation okay, with a well, guy. In the snow. In yeah. the snow. You had a, a conversation, oh, conversation with an igloo. With a guy, no, he, a guy that I used to go rock climbing with. He also did like mountaineering and like snow That's cool. hiking. Fuck. Yeah, it was really yeah, cool. I put it on my like, to do list of like my, my bucket list rather. Um, but he said, I think he got, actually got like frostbite. Regardless, though, he had to stay back. And so while he was staying back while like the group went out, he built an igloo and he said it was like very warm. Mm-hmm. So I would like to try and build an igloo. Let's do it. Mm. We do need to go to the snow for that, but... Mm. Yeah, we can't go to the snow. I guess because it, like, traps all the heat in, right? And I think it's actually quite a good insulator, so... Yeah, it's thick as fuck. Yeah. Thick like your mama's ass, boy. Talk about my mum. I know, yesterday I said I would not make, like, your mama jokes to you, because, like, we're staying at your mum's house, and Mm. she's, like, the loveliest fucking woman. Like, shout out to... I won't say her name. No. Shout out to Imogen's mother. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this. Oh God, I hope not. If you're listening to this, I love your daughter very much. And yeah. I'll probably I'll, stop listening. Just She'll stop listening when we start talking about the sexual stuff. Yes. So. And your daughter is a lot of, I have a good time with her in the bedroom. It's very romantic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it is so romantic sometimes. Mm-hmm. Romantic as fuck, boy. Yeah. I like candles and shit sometimes, like once in a blue moon. Mm-hmm. And then I like pour the wax on your skin and like slap you and call you. A... I, haven't, I haven't slapped <laughs> you for a long time. I've been nice to the sex I've had lately, right? It's because life's been Because like life is fucking I don't shit. Think, yeah, I feel like life right is now, shit. There's no way I'm going to have like rough <laughs> sex with you at this point. Yeah. Passionate sex, but not rough. Should we talk about why life is shit? That was like the point of this podcast. Yes. We've talked for 25 minutes about not the topic of the podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably what's going to happen. If Wait, we, we didn't talk about why we want not this microphone. Because we're sitting Because we have to sit and face opposite. each other. And we did like a, talk about that. Oh, we, we did talk about, about Paris. And just... Good thing I got you here. You can be my secretary. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so tell us if we need lapel mics, if that will make a better interview situation. Because the idea is we want long cords as well i know that most lapel mics have long cords we want to be able to like sit next to each other or sit on the couch like wherever the hell we sit and not have to like sit at a fucking table facing a a thing so Mm. let's talk about why this sucks why life sucks where are we what city what fucking fascist shithole dead to me Mm. never coming back city are we sitting in right now well we're out of the cbd okay where were we sitting like two weeks ago in melbourne Melbourne, Australia, Melbourne, Melbourne. as Americans say it, Melbourne, 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 Melbourne. We say Melbourne. So O U R N E in Australia is pronounced E N N (laughs) instead of Orn. I know it should be Orn, and I don't understand, but you know, Australia. So Melbourne, Melbourne. What's happening in Melbourne, Imogen? What's going on in Melbourne? The, The it's one of the most liberal cities in the world. One of the most so voted many, many, many times. The most the liver <laughs> number one most livable city in the world. Oh, that's changed, hasn't it? By many different lists. Mm. Tourism hotspot. Five point four million people. Mm. A lot of friendly people there. Quite a nice place. Was. A lot of international This is all past tense. Was. Yeah, I'm trying to set it up. You're ruining okay, it. Sorry. I'm trying to yeah. mm-hmm. So what's happened to Arts, arts capital, I would say, probably the yeah. arts capital of Australia. Yeah, I mean Sydney's pretty decent too Opera for that. House, yeah. yeah, but maybe the arts capital. Definitely, like the most progressive. Definitely the 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 friendliest. I would have said of all the cities. Mm-hmm. Although Perth is pretty decent too. I, feel I like up Perth. north. I get friendlier as well. 
Yeah. Similar like Bergen. It depends. Yeah. Queens, Brizzy's pretty. Brisbane's pretty nice. Shout out to anyone from Brizzy. Bit more Bogan, but like, I, I like that. I like Bogans. Bogans for anyone who isn't in Australian. Bogan is our word for, it's not like redneck. It's like a weird cross between redneck and also like a country, like someone from the rural areas. And also like a little bit less like classy, like a little yeah. more laid back. They wear like flip flops and, you know, shorts and they have like Australia flags tattooed on them and, you Southern know. Southern cross tattoo. Yeah, it's like the <laughs> yeah. They have a very strong accent, and they drink like Foster's beer. Well, they don't drink. They drink beer. I like bogans. I like bogan culture. They 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 drive like lots of utes, which is why I say like redneck. Like a ute is a in America, you'd call them like a pickup truck, similar to that, mm-hmm. and very like country kind of. I'm massively stereotyping. Not every bogan yeah, is like no. this, but like They're this the is kind of, of the essence. It's actually saying g'day. Yeah, they so they would say like g'day, mate. They have like that kind of accent. Yeah. Like, hey, he's going, eh? <laughs> what are you up to on the fucking weekend, eh, cunt? There's a lot more slang. I think in they, Melbourne, they swear more, yeah. you never get people saying g'day. Yeah. I fucking love Bogan. Shout out to any Bogans listening. <laughs> but Melbourne. Yeah. Melbourne. Fewer Bogans. Yeah. So Melbourne, uh, we're, we're setting all this up because Melbourne was a fucking lovely place. And when I first moved there, I, I went around to a few cities around the country. Mm-hmm. And I'd lived in a few different places. I'd lived in a country town for like 10 years. So that was very rural, very like remote, extremely remote. Like the nearest town was like two and a half kilom- two and a half hours away if you drive at 120 kilometers an hour. So I don't know what that is in miles, miles but like ridiculously far, ridiculously far, like mm-hmm. 400 miles, 400 kilometers away sort of thing. Yeah. And so I was used to living in a remote place. And then I lived in Perth, which is a smaller capital city. It's not that big. It's mm. like a decent size. I think it's got like 1.5 million people or something like that. Mm. Pretty nice place. Pretty laid back. Kind of like a country feel, but also a little bit of city. That was nice. And I visited a few other cities around the country. And we'd, I'd traveled a lot with my parents around the country growing up, around like around Australia. And I tried Sydney and I didn't really like it. I didn't like the feel of it. It felt a bit cold to me. It felt a bit fake like mm. a bit touristy. I didn't really like it that much. Mm. The city didn't have like much of a vibe. I came to Melbourne and like on the third day of being here, I was like, holy fuck, I have to move here. This place is like magical. Like everybody is nice. The arts is amazing. Like police would like help you if you were lost. Mm. Like there were people walk, there are people, or there were people walking around the city wearing like those big red shirts, you know, with the, they have like a little, inf- like an eye on it. And they wear funny The letter I <laughs> for information. Yeah, they wear the cute little hats. And they basically walk around trying to find anyone who looks lost and they go up to them. They're like old ladies. They're all old ladies. They work for the, the city of Melbourne. They work for the government. And they walk up to you and they say like, hey, like, do you need a hand? Yeah. Like, are you lost? Can I, can I show you where to go? And at every train station, there are like public servants, like officers, like, you, you wouldn't call them police officers, but they work for the government. And they will come up to you and say, like, do you need a hand? Like, where are you? Yeah. It's a very fucking friendly city. Yeah. Like, I incredibly can, so. I can see previously why it was thought to be very livable, for sure. Incredibly livable. I fucking loved living here yeah. with you. And I grew up in Melbourne, and I, like, in, yeah. like, out of suburbs, but I grew up in Melbourne my whole life, and I've loved it. I actually thought that I would spend, obviously travel, but spend most of my life in Melbourne, because I thought it yeah. was pretty love like i've done a decent amount of traveling myself and mm-hmm. i've always come back to melbourne being like this is pretty good like other places are novel and fun but this is like lovely and it's great and mm-hmm. i like the vibe here but in recent okay let's say since january that has very quickly deteriorated with covid yes 
for a number of reasons that we'll obviously get into. Yeah, and I, I don't want to like do a play-by-play because <clears throat> I have talked about this on other podcasts, as in I've gone on to other, or I've gone on to one so far, and I'm going on to another one this coming week to talk about like the nitty-gritty, the actual details of everything that's happened. Mm. So I will leave a link to those in the show notes below. Go and I'd, I'd definitely 100% suggest listening to those because I think that will blow your mind. Um, I do a much better job of like going into detail of, of mm-hmm. like, or I had a, I wrote a dot point list. I will link to that too. It's on my website. It's called Melbourne Police State. And I talk about all the stuff that's happened, all the laws, all the regulations and stuff that have happened because of mm-hmm. coronavirus and our government going batshit insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let, let's not go too much into those details. Mm-hmm. We will cover a couple of them. Maybe I'll just, breeze through a few of them but i want this to be if you're happy to i want this to be more about like our experience because on that Mm -hmm. podcast i didn't talk on the previous podcast i didn't talk too much about how it made me feel it was more like i was just getting the information out there to other people because it was like an american audience and i wanted to tell them what was going on yeah and i will say if anybody would want a bit more information you can google it or like you said listen to the other podcast or google melbourne site you've like compiled yeah yeah google like melbourne melbourne covid regulations or melbourne lockdown regulations or something like that daniel andrews <laughs> yeah so our premier's name is daniel andrews and basically he's a fascist dictor- dictator mm-hmm. and i don't use that word lightly and we really are living in a police state and again i don't use those words lightly i've studied a lot of history i understand nazi germany and everything that went on soviet russia the fall of the soviet union like mm-hmm. i understand everything i've read atlas shrugged like i know that's not a history book but Everything that's going on is something like out of 1984 or Atlas Shrugged, if not worse. And again, I'm not being flippant in saying that. And maybe you can say I'm biased because we live here and we're living in it. And obviously, you're going to have like recency bias Mm -hmm. um, that the things that are most recent to you seem the most like impactful. Yeah. 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 They bring up the most emotions. Time kind of numbs your emotions, so you forget it. You think like, oh, the Soviet Union wasn't that bad. I wasn't there in the Soviet Union, so I didn't know how it felt. Would have been fucking awful, God. But, so maybe we're not starving like the Soviets did. Some people are. Yeah, okay, so I will say that because there was a very, it's a little tippy, there was a very confronting day when we were still in Melbourne. This is right before we actually, because right now, we might need to preface this and say that, yeah, we're not in Melbourne anymore. We left Melbourne, which let's just say we took the most of an opportunity to get the fuck out because you're not actually allowed to leave. You, like, literally are not allowed to leave. There's checkpoints. On the on the highways. Borders are closed. Yeah. Um, you can only leave for very specific reasons, and your mother was sick, mm-hmm. and so we took the most of that opportunity and said, like, right, we got to get the fuck out right now. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just use this excuse. We got her mum to get a doctor's note to say, like, yeah, I am sick, and we had that. We literally printed that out. Mm-hmm you know, for the checkpoints and borders and shit like that. And mm. yeah, so so we're out. We're about like an hour or maybe two hours away from Melbourne at this point, mm-hmm. like on the outskirts in a rural area. It's really pretty. Mm-hmm. But even here, there's lockdown. There's there's mandatory masks everywhere you go. And we went to further <sighs> lockdowns pretty much as soon as we yeah. got here. Yeah. The, the regulations just keep getting worse and worse over time, despite the fact that we've had almost no deaths. When all these laws started coming in, we were at like 30 deaths in mm. in the state of Victoria. Mm. At this point, we're at 400. In this whole of Australia? Or- in the whole country, sorry, yes. In the whole of Australia, 400 deaths. All borders of- between every state mm. are completely and utterly closed, which mm. is just a nightmare for like farmers because Australia very much relies on 
truckers and farmers and we're a very like remote nation mm. i don't mean remote as in cut off from the rest of the world i mean cut off from each state it's big there's a lot of space and we're all yeah. kind of clustered you, in certain pinpoints americans think that america is remote and it is like like as in each state from each other like it takes you a long time to drive from one side of the us to the other but like australia is just orders of magnitude more remote like think of like there's like a desert takes up something like 70% of the country yeah, the middle of our country is just a fucking desert and nobody drives there's there there's pretty much nothing in the middle there's like nothing there yeah everyone's on the coast so to get from like one state to another it might take you like three days of driving, if not four or five days of driving, oh and it's fucking remote. There's like nothing there. Like mm-hmm. if your car breaks down, you're fucked. Like you have to take like several spare tires in your car. Water, you have to have several, food, yeah, aid, a yeah. lot of water, a lot of fucking like gasoline. You guys would call it. We call it petrol, like petroleum, fuel. Yeah, mm-hmm. very remote. Mm-hmm. So when we moved here to come to this country area. Yeah, as you said, more regulations came in. Mandatory masks everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, $200 fine if you don't wear it. You have to be out for a valid reason. If you're not, there'll be a $1,652 fine. Um, just a bunch of like weird fucking laws. We can't go back to Melbourne. Like We literally are not, not allowed to travel back to Melbourne at this point. That is no. literally not allowed. Yes, it's illegal. So. Yeah. Yeah. So and pro- that's nothing compared to Melbourne. What were you going to say? Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, prior to that, so my story was basically right before we left, it was actually quite, I don't it was very confronting because there was, we'd just gone into further lockdown and it was like a Sunday afternoon and I saw all of these people lining up and I was like, oh, what's happening? I, I honestly thought it was like, oh, are people lining up for like some, like, because we say that all the time, like new shoes are being released, like yeah. sneaker stores. People line up for weird stuff. Or- Constantly. On, yeah. And you're like, oh, I thought it was something like that. But then I was looking at this line and it was wrapping around like a big city block. So the line would have been over 500 metres long. Yeah. And that was obviously because they all had to space out 1.5 yeah. roughly yeah. meters so it was a bit like it looked very long but it was very very long and like all of the people just looked like people that lived in the city so a lot of them were quite young everyone was having backpacks and I was really confused about what was going on um and so I decided to walk around to the front of the line and see what people were lining up for and it was actually for a like a church because the, there was a small like city church on that block and everyone was lining up for food donations and I had never, I, that may run regularly, but I had never seen. Not to that extent. That's insane. A line like I've that. never seen a line outside the church in, I know which church you're talking about. Yeah. I've never seen a line of people lining up for food rations. Yeah. And we live in the city, so we would have seen it if it was a regular thing. It's not a thing that I've happened. ever seen in my entire life in several years, in like eight years of living there. No. And it was, it was I think the part of the reason why it was so confronting, it was like, because. These didn't look like they, these didn't look like homeless people. These are just normal these people just like who literally pe- can't afford they, they to They looked like me. They were like look completely normal. They were just like carrying a backpack, yep. but they were going to pick up food. I'm assuming because they'd lost their jobs. Because yes. So let's, let's let me interject. Let's talk about job losses and shutdown. We've essentially shut we've shut down what the government is calling what Daniel Andrews, the premier, who, who's the equivalent of like in governor. America, you'd call them a governor. Mm-hmm. We call them a premier. Um. He's shut down anything that he deems not essential. And now I know they did similar things in a lot of other countries, but like he's gone above and beyond. Mm. Like, so 
in one week, 400,000 people lost their job in Victoria, and that's in a state of something like 6.4 million people. Um, at this point, 40% of private jobs, as in non-government jobs, sorry, 40% of public, no, I'm saying that wrong, aren't I? 40% of private jobs, so yeah. non, non-government jobs, mm. they're out of work right now, Yeah, like which is utterly insane. The official unemployment rate is 13%, as in that's the the unemployment rate the government is giving, but that doesn't include people who are working part-time and then getting government subsidy for the rest, because the government is giving an insane amount of money away right now. Mm. We have the highest debt that we've ever had since any world war. Mm. We've gone above and beyond. I've lost count of the debt. Like, I don't think that's I, I can't even. It's, it's like orders of magnitude more than anything we ever had before, like mm. 50 times what we had before, something like that. I pulled that out, number out of my ass, but I'll go and check afterwards. It, it was mind-blowing to me when I saw it, and this was months ago that I looked it up. Mm. Yeah, and this is while, meanwhile, public servants, so government workers have all had pay rises, <laughs> including the Premier, Daniel Andrews, who gave himself an 11% pay raise. He's on $440,000 a year, which is utterly insane. Yes. And this is in the middle of... Let's talk about the like police state stuff. Because all these laws, so these mandatory masks, and we have curfews in Melbourne as well, so you can't go out after 8pm or before 5am. Because COVID can't get you at night time. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <clears throat> or will get you at night time, sorry. Yeah. And you cannot go more than five kilometres from your home, not even to exercise. You cannot leave the house uh, for any reason other than essential groceries or to exercise, but exercising you can't go more than five kilometres from your house. Only one person from your house can leave at any time to go grocery shopping. Per day. So one per, person. per day, so one person per day for groceries. You can only go out for one hour yeah. <clears throat> to exercise. Um, I've lost count of all the laws. There's just so many that I can't keep can't track forget, of them. Yeah. Um, other crazy shit that happened, they locked 3,000 people in apartment buildings because a few people in the apartment building tested positive. And so they locked these people in there for several weeks and they literally were not allowed to leave. Literally locked with like police like down the bottom. police and army down the bottom. Preventing them from leaving the building. Yes. And there's some horrible videos of people like freaking out and saying like, my mental health, like, please, I'm going to kill myself. Like, please let me out. Why am I in jail? Why are you putting me under house arrest? Like crying and screaming. And the police are saying like, you're not in jail, mate. You're not under house arrest. And these people are saying like, well, can I leave then? And they're saying like, no, you can't leave. Then that's fucking jail. And they're like, no, it's not jail. You're not in jail, mate. We're just trying to protect you. And he's like, then let me leave. I need to go outside and see the sun. Mm. And they're like, no, we're looking after you. You're not in jail. Mm. And <clears throat> they were delivered army rations literally by the army because they couldn't have food. Mm. And some of them were rotten. Like the food was rotten. Yeah. They gave pork to Muslims. Like, and they weren't taking food donations. They wouldn't, like, let, people don't, pe- they wouldn't let people donate food. Yeah. They wouldn't let, like a lot of people said, like, well, we have to get behind and help these people and donate food or, no, not allowed. Like, you mm. couldn't get within the building. They couldn't, yeah, just horrible shit. Horrible, evil, evil fascist shit. Just because some people tested positive to a virus That's... that kills almost nobody. Mm. Let, let's talk about that. The average age of death. Is um, higher than the average life expectancy for both men and yep, women. Yep. So the average age of death is something like 84 years of age from COVID. I shouldn't even say from COVID. I should be saying with, with COVID, COVID because in a, most of, in a lot of these cases, there's no evidence that the person died from COVID. They just tested positive to COVID at some point and also died. Mm. Um, 
Yes, yeah, so average age of death is 84 point something, and the average life expectancy in Australia is like 82. Mm. Um, the government and the media are lying nonstop. They're, they're clambering desperately for anything to make this seem like a threat when it isn't. Mm. So there was a 20-something-year-old that died um, last week, and the government and especially the media, the media. was saying nonstop, a 20-year-old has died from COVID today, like, you know, COVID claims this 20-year-old. The youngest and then you, person, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the youngest person. And then you find out this cunt had stage four cancer. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm genuinely really sorry to that human being and his family. That wasn't a COVID death. And if I was, and this has happened repeatedly. This is like nonstop. Yeah, I think it's very fucked up that somebody's family tragedy, their personal tragedy is you being used as like a, like, as their personal, like. As a pawn in this yeah, fucked up game media. of chess. And. I'm not sure what the agenda is. I think at this point it's just a, a myopic view of, I think the government and I think most governments in most countries are, are just desperate to get these COVID numbers down at the cost of everything else. There's there's no concern for anything else. Nothing else matters. As long as these deaths from COVID or with COVID go down, I'm happy. Like, like that's their thought process. But I think even that being said, from a lot of the stuff that we've seen recently, it seems that they do want some level of numbers because if they didn't, there would be nothing to justify. Yeah, so insanity. they need. They need. I'm not even conspiracy theory here. What were you going to say? I was just going to say with the 20 year old, and this sounds evil, but I think they would have been thrilled that somebody that young. Oh, they was get off on these deaths. With, I think governments in most countries are getting off from these deaths, and certainly ours, certainly our Premier Daniel Andrews gets off from every death. Because like, it and the media absolutely yeah. froth at the mouth to report this because. You know, I don't watch TV, but because we're staying at your mother's house, your mother watches TV Mm -hmm. and your house is freezing cold and there's only really one room in the house that you can sit next to the fire and be warm. And so I put my noise cancelling headphones on and I try not to watch it. I know you do the same thing, but you kind of just, it's there in your face and I hate that it is. Mm. I can't wait for winter to be over so we can go sit out like away from the fire. Mm -hmm. You should just put a chair facing away from the TV. I know, I know, I know. I'll probably do something like that. Um, but yeah, so the media is pumping fear porn nonstop. We're all going to die. Oh, my God, five people died today. You know, the most deaths we've ever had in one day was 19 deaths. 19. Ever. That was our worst day ever. And all of those old people, by the way. And I think it's a really good comparison that we, we use a lot, but flu deaths last year in Australia. Yeah, so 900 and something fucking people died from the flu last year. We're at 400 deaths from COVID in the entire country. We're pretty much peak. Uh, we're getting towards the end of peak flu season right now. Yep. And in Australia this year, how many people did you say died from the flu? It's like... Almost, like, barely, like, like, like none or something. 25, yeah, whereas yeah. last year it was Which makes me think that either deaths are being erroneously reported and they're calling them COVID deaths when they shouldn't be, or probably more what's happening is corona is taking out the people who may have died from the flu or pneumonia. Pneumonia kills a bunch of people, by the way, so does tuberculosis. Nobody gives a fuck about that. COVID probably taking out the most vulnerable. And that's absolutely sad. But, like, my fucking grandfather died from pneumonia. Mm. He fucking died from pneumonia. He was in bed in hospital because he had cancer and he was really fucking vulnerable. And he caught pneumonia. And we were like, oh, poor guy. And then three days later, hey, sorry, your fucking grandfather is dead from pneumonia. Pneumonia does, like, fucking nothing if you're healthy. It's uncomfortable. Maybe you go checked out at get checked out at the doctor and they're like, oh, you got pneumonia, just rest up. Mm. Come see me if it gets worse. My grandfather fucking died from that. Like, 
this is what viruses do. They take out the most vulnerable. It's horribly sad, but I don't see anyone crying because my granddad died. Like, no one gives a fuck about my fa- my family. Mm. No one's locking down for pneumonia. No, we've not talked- that you would. Mm. Pneumonia's not contagious. But. Yeah, and we've talked about this a lot, but it's it, a lot of all of the hysteria seems to be coming. Pretty much, I would say majority of the hysteria seems to be coming from the media and the fact that like you can make any minor tragedy seem like the biggest deal. If we picked any other Never virus let a good crisis go to waste, is or, the quote. Yeah, or disease. You could, you know, tunnel in on, like, all of the sad stories about people's families. Which is what There's, they're doing. They're is- putting out every day, like, oh, these, you know, tra- they use words like tragedy strikes today. 12 people died. You and you're like, spe- 12 other people died from, from 50 other causes, you fucking cunts. Yeah, 10 times that would have died from whatever else. And that's a tragedy because other people are sad and <clears> devastated, but they can't. They're not, they don't have the right to be sad right now because other people are dying of COVID. And for some reason, that's m- more important. Remember, I showed you that ticking clock of people dying? <laughs> There's a, a website that has a ticking clock of people, the, like the deaths. deaths. Yeah. And as I was talking to you, I was doing it on my fingers. I was going like one, and I'd put my thumb up two, put my index finger up three, put my middle yeah, finger up like four. And I kept doing it. And it was so fast that I had to like whip through it. I'm doing it right now, and I can see it's making you uncomfortable. Yeah, I really it makes like you so it. fucking uncomfortable. As I'm talking right now, I've just counted 20 deaths. See how uncomfortable this <laughs> yeah, is? Yeah, I don't like Now it I'm at, at 30 deaths. Yeah. This is how many people die every second. Like, it's a tragedy. It's horrible. Death is a part of life. You don't lock down a country and stop people from living because you're scared. A few people are scared of dying. Mm. And we've done this weird, complete 180 where instead of saying like, all right, let's like fight this and let's go out there and be healthy and get some vitamin D and live in the sunlight and go to the gym and Mm. eat healthy and not drink alcohol and not be stressed and not pump fear porn into our citizens so that they get extra stressed and, you know, their immune system is is lowered, Mm. compromised. We've done the complete 180 and we've said like all of you have to sit at home and go outside for one hour a fucking day and be terrified when you go out and wear a mask, which is restrictive and there's no evidence that masks actually help. In fact, there's a lot that they don't. There's as much evidence that they help as they don't help. And a lot of health experts at the start were saying you don't wear a mask. You wear a mask when you have symptoms to stop it spreading. Because people that aren't symptomatic don't spread so that's yeah. the next thing that's come out this is i've got a website that i'll post the show notes for Let's fuck that's windy holy shit that. that's gonna show on the microphone yeah i can see it on the graph on the audacity <laughs> wow sounds nice though mm. yeah i've got show notes i've written up a huge dot point list so we won't go through too many of these yeah. It's got like 40 dot points of all this sort of stuff that's happened and, you know, why COVID is not a serious threat. I was saying this back in April, by the way, back in March, sorry. I posted on forums. Got a lot of kick, like kick. I got a lot of pushback start, from yeah. that. People were like, fuck you, bro. I hope your grandma dies from you saying this, you know. We need to protect the elderly. We need to look after the hospitals. Remember, flatten the curve. Everyone's saying we need to flatten the curve so our hospitals don't get overwhelmed. Didn't that come up again recently? Yeah. <laughs> And I literally said, no, we don't flatten the fucking curve so the hospitals don't get overwhelmed. You don't lock down a society so hospitals don't get overwhelmed. You ask for volunteers to work at the fucking hospital. Mm-hmm. You set up triage hospitals. You add night- nightingale hospitals. You build extra hospitals. I said, I will even volunteer my fucking time for free to help at hospitals in any way that I have to. I will donate money. You pay the doctors and the, you say, okay, well, the doctors and the nurses will get overwhelmed. That's not fair to them. I said, fuck them. They signed up for that. And okay, if I want to be an empathetic person, 
pay them double the wage. Yeah. Pay I them think triple. If you put that out into the media, the whole country would get behind them. Just like yeah. the bushfires. Yeah. Everyone would be throwing money at them. Yeah, like, we didn't say like, oh, sorry, we have to lock down the rest of the country and let the bushfires ravage Australia and just like let those sectors burn off and, you know, sorry, we won't. No, we got the firefighters out there. We paid them extra money. We donated to them. You do the same with the hospitals and the nurses. You pay them triple the fucking wages and you ask for volunteers. I will volunteer and I will donate money. I want them to be paid triple. I'm not saying fuck the nurses and the doctors. I shouldn't have said that. You pay them triple so it's worth it. You make them feel really fucking appreciated. And if they don't want to do it, fine. Like, you, you let them have some time off. I will step in there and do whatever I could because I'm a healthy 33-year-old. I'm not going to die from COVID. I knew that back in March. I did a bunch of research. Let's take it back to Melbourne and our experiences. Mm. So what it was like walking around on the street, nobody wearing a mask. I'm quite happy to say, I'm happy to air this now. I've never worn a mask. I will never wear a mask. A mask will never touch my face. That was my line in the sand back in March, I'd say. Mm. Yeah, you said it before. And I was like, oh, they'll never introduce the mandatory I said this shit. I've called all this shit out to you because I've understood where this is going. And I felt... Like, I looked like a conspiracy theorist back in March, but I understood where this was going. I understood power and that nobody grabs power and then relinquishes it. It doesn't work like that. It only gets worse over time. So I said to you, there were things like, I said there will be mandatory masks, there will be mandatory vaccines, which was another thing that our government has said. Mas- uh, man, Vaccines will be mandatory. Three hours later, when he got a ridiculous amount of backlash from it. Our, our Prime took- Minister. Yeah, our Prime Minister Scott Morrison, three hours after he said they will be mandatory, took that back because, like, I think he understood, like, I will just die if I say this. Like, I will die. Like, Mm -hmm. 100% I will die because that is is a lot of people's hill to die on. Mine was the masks. I will never wear a mask. I have never worn a mask. I don't care what the consequences are. I will not wear a mask. Now, I have an exemption, don't I? Mm -hmm. Because the government was wonderful enough to give us a dot point list of all the exceptions exemptions from not wearing a mask and one of those just so happens to apply to me so and i don't even need to say what that reason is if police ask me i will happily tell them what that reason is Mm -hmm. and i will give them my valid reason but i'm quite happy to put this out there now if you are an australian if you're a victorian if you are in any country in the world do some research there are a hell of a lot of exemptions that probably apply to you Mm -hmm figure out how those exemptions could apply to you and stop wearing a mask. Like, don't wear a mask. Why would you be wearing a mask? Why are you wearing a fucking muzzle that, again, doesn't show there's no evidence that they actually do much and, in fact, can be quite harmful? If you wear the, especially the disposable ones, you're only supposed to wear those for a couple of hours. After that point, they become a health hazard. Yeah, it makes it worse. Yes, yes, because if you are walking around in an environment where there is COVID, that is settling on your mask. And if you are wearing it for many, many, many hours and then taking it off and touching your face and touching your nose and touching your mouth and all that, this is why surgeons don't walk around with the fucking same disposable mask. They change them. Regularly. Regularly. Constantly, yeah. Yep. So do some research, figure out where these exemptions, same with lockdown laws, all of this. Disobedience is the only way that we're going to beat this. Do that legally. I'm not telling you to break any laws. Do a bunch of research and figure out how you can get around these laws, how you can disobey, although it won't be disobeying because you will, it actually works you will be in laws. the legal framework. I, again, I am not telling you to break the law. 
if any government officials or police officers or anyone like that are listening or any do-gooders who would like me to report those, again, disclaimer, I am not saying to break the law. I am saying to follow all laws. And if I didn't have an exemption, I would be wearing a mask. But I have an exemption. Go and read what those exemptions may be and stop wearing a fucking mask. I think that's probably... I think for us particularly being... I think the big, like amongst other things, like all of it is like the experience as a whole is all encompassing. But I think the masks have been the most visible, the most stark thing that's been really. It's very for dystopian. Us. It's horrifically dystopian. I mean, the empty streets are horrible. The army, the military walking around the streets are horrible because, for context, there are military walking around enforcing these fines as well, mm-hmm. like. In big groups, imagine having the military walk around your city in a very liberal Western democracy or what you thought to be a Western. It's absolutely not. And because the cities are so quiet at the moment, like because there's nobody around. There's nobody around to save you. All of the police and the military are more apparent because they're pretty much the only people on the streets. Yeah, so apparently the rest of us can't go outside, but they can just patrol around for eight hours a day. So we all get to go outside for one hour. In giant groups. And there have been a lot of videos that have come out where... If anybody does get confronted by they, they all kind of start swarming. Oh, there's some horrible videos. So in the show notes, there's a link. I'll leave a link to melbournepolicestate.com. Mm. That's melbournepolicestate.com. And I've written all this stuff up, all the dot point list and stuff. And there was a woman who wasn't wearing a mask and she had an exemption and she was choked by a police officer. That's a horrible video. I hate watching that video. I've watched that three times now. I can't watch it anymore. It's just horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the police officer seems to be getting off on that. Like he's literally choking a small like five foot woman and he's a big six foot man. I don't know where the feminists are coming out and saying like there's a white, tall, strong man in power assaulting a small, vulnerable, helpless woman. Like, why is that? I don't know why this hasn't blown up. In fact, half of the feminists are probably going to be sitting there and saying, like, yeah, she should have worn a mask. Mm -hmm. She has an exemption. So that's a horrible video. Um, There's another guy who was traveling within five kilometers of his area and, like, 30 police swarm him. Like, they just randomly stop him and say, where are you going? He says, I'm traveling and I'm... Yeah, within the five going, kilometers. Yeah, I'm going to get food, so I'm getting groceries. I'm going to get food. I'm going I'm to get my groceries. And together. I'm also going to exercise. And, and they arrest him. Yeah. Because they say, I do not believe your reason. And he, he just keeps repeating over and over, I'm exercising and I'm going to get groceries. And, I'm within five kilometers. So and they just... They, in that video, the main reason they got angry was because when he went out, he didn't have ID on him. And so, yeah, so they said, I believe you are committing... They're using weird loopholes. The police are using, like, absolute police state insanity. If you have a valid reason for being outside, which is exercising or going to the grocery store or going to get medical care or caring for someone else, Mm -hmm. then you're allowed to be outside. But what police have done, and there's other videos that we'll talk about as well. There was another video that was uh, of a woman arrested by, like, four police who have her on the ground with a knee on the back of her head just shortly after the George Floyd protests in the U.S. Mm. And they're pinning her down and she's screaming and her daughter is screaming, you're hurting her, she's in pain, because they didn't believe her reason for being outside, which Mm. was exercising. She was clearly exercising. So I don't know why they're doing this. I don't actually understand because no one's breaking these laws and they're just Mm. acting like they are. So this guy who was surrounded by 30 police, they said, like, we don't believe your reason for being outside. And because I don't believe, they said, because I don't believe, we don't believe your reason for being outside, you need, we're going to arrest you. And so because we're going to arrest you, you need to show ID. Mm. If you don't show ID, I get to arrest you 
for not showing ID to a police officer. That's actually a crime. If they believe you've committed a crime, mm-hmm. you have to show ID. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have his ID on him. Because he was just going to the shops. Yeah, he said, I'm just going to the grocery store. I don't have my ID, but I'm out for a valid reason. And they said, well, I have to arrest you because you don't have your ID. And so there's like 30 police officers, one of them who just starts touching him and he screams. He's like, stop touching me. Why are you touching me? Like, I've done nothing wrong. Why? Like, this thir- it's it's really horrible video. He, he shot it from his GoPro or his, his phone or something. It's a really confronting video. Because these are all like police officers and they all have, he points out at one point, he's like, you're surrounding me with guns. I don't feel safe. Yeah. You're intimidating me. And they're like, no, we're not intimidating you. 30 police officers saying we're not intimidating you while saying we're going to arrest you while touching him mm-hmm. while saying we're going to give you a $1,600 fine for not being out for a good reason. How is that not a police state? That is, mm-hmm. And then they did eventually arrest him. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think that's been one, I think for both of us has been one of the most, I guess, confronting things because it feels as we if- should. I'm interrupting you. I fucking hate this. This is the fourth podcast in a row that it started raining when we start recording. Yes. So we'll cut it off. Yeah, we got to cut this off. This is too hard. Mm. Fucking hell. This is actually starting to piss me off. We're going to have to find We'll we'll cut this off and we'll restart again back at home. See you guys. Okay, so we're back. We're actually still at the National Park. Still at the National Park. (laughs) It stopped raining. Little pricks. So Mm. we found somewhere else to sit. Um, but I think we're at a point where we're talking a little bit about how it's affecting us. Specifically, the masks have been a pretty... You are fucking kidding me. It started raining. Are you fucking kidding me? I think it's okay. I okay, think it's we're okay. We're just going to ignore this and talk anyway. <clears throat> yeah, the masks were fucking us up because they're like a weird... Like a muzzle. Yeah, so it's very dystopian. Yeah. Just like the empty streets and all the other weird shit and people staring at you. I think that's been the hardest thing too. It's been the most <laughs> obvious sign that went against this is the mask thing because at that point it was this very clear, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was this just... Juxtaposition. This, There's a very via, severe like in-group and out-group. Like, yeah, because you're not wearing a mask either because you have asthma. Yeah. You literally have your asthma puffer in your pocket all at all the times. Time, yeah, because just in case. Because people are actually coming, coming up, up to us to and... Yeah, it's not like this isn't being enforced by everybody else. Like, there's fucking Gestapo. All these pricks are, you know, getting in your business about why. Yeah, all these fucking like weird cunt plebs coming up to you and going like, "Where's your mask? Why are you not wearing a mask? What's this?" And even just the staring. And oh man, we like every time we go out, there'll be a bunch of people just staring at us. And I think that's why it's been quite hard for us as well, just because we can't go outside without tension or feeling anxious like oh, someone's gonna horrible. yell at us or you like know. this national park is basically the only place that we go to because there's no one around here and even the if, if you do see people here they're wearing a mask in a national park well, an empty a park <laughs> a big forest it's a state forest and there's nobody else around here and you'll see like one person every like you hour. might not see a person yeah sometimes you just don't see anyone and these cunts are wearing masks what, in case Corona's out here and you catch it and then you have a 0.06% chance of dying. And I think that's, yeah, I think that's been one of the hardest things, I think emotionally, purely because it's just really, like it's made going outside almost unbearable. Oh, we basically like, we, don't go outside. We on, we only so you go, can't sit in cafes or restaurants either for, oh, for clarification. <clears throat> there's nothing to do outside and when you do go outside everybody treats you like you're a leper 
or worse than that, they treat you like you're trying, trying to, to kill, kill them. them. Yeah. yeah, like they're very confrontational. I have no doubt that I'm going to get punched sometime too. Like someone's just going to come up behind me and punch me because that's the sentiment. Like it's not like they come up and say, oh, you don't have a mask. Okay, and we have switched <clears throat> again. Now we're in the car, so it's going to be a bit echoey and shitty because it's freaking raining again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's winter. It happens. So we're talking about masks and people enforcing it and being absolutely crazy about shit. But let's kind of sidetrack a little bit. Let's deviate and start talking about when we left Melbourne. Because that was not a fun experience, was it? Mm, no, <laughs> not at all. It was one of the hardest things, like immediate, like one event type things, like one of the hardest things that I've I think ever had to do because it felt crazy. Like it felt insane. It felt like I was doing something insane. For a little bit of context, what we both did, we started at Andy's place, but we basically went, because we, we'd gotten here and then. You're not we, giving context. You're really bad at giving context, <laughs> Kitty Pie. So the context, you got to take a step back for the audience. Think of what the audience would know. The audience would know nothing. So for full context, <laughs> We knew that things were starting to get worse in Melbourne, and at that point we were in stage three lockdowns. And so you could only go outside for valid reasons. Most businesses were closed. Everything was kind of a little bit crazy. There were military on the streets, but nothing crazy like curfews or mandatory masks or any of that shit. Or did we have mandatory masks at that point? We did in Melbourne, yeah. Okay, so there were mandatory masks, but there wasn't like lockdowns. There wasn't curfews and stuff like that. I got the sense based on press conferences that the Premier Daniel Andrews was given and the conferences that he'd been given for like four months or that, uh, five months at that point that shit was going to go really crazy. I knew bad stuff was coming. I mean, bad stuff had been coming for the like last five freaking months. So I knew it was only going to get worse. So I said to you, we have to get the fuck out of Melbourne. Like we need to just leave now immediately. And as crazy as that was... We then went to your mother's place, right? And then from there, I said, like, I think we need to ditch our apartments as well. Like, I think we need to stop paying rent. We need to get rid of all of our stuff. And we need to just, like, move permanently and not have apartments tying us down. And so we went back to Melbourne, which was its own, like, horror show, just getting back there. Mm. And in the space of, like, two hours, I threw everything out in my apartment. I completely cleared my apartment. I literally just threw stuff in giant, like, trash bags, and we threw it out. Like, I must have thrown several thousand dollars worth of stuff out, like, all the stuff that meant something to me. That was a fucking horrible experience. But I knew that, like, we literally only had, like, a couple days at most. Like, we didn't have time to be fucking around. And then we went and did your apartment as well. So how was that? I think because... Even right now, thinking about it, it doesn't feel very good. Because and it sounds crazy. It like, what felt- I'm saying sounds crazy. Like, I literally threw everything in my apartment out because I thought we only had a couple hours left. Like, that's I was being so frantic and crazy. I was literally just, like, throwing everything out. You saw me. Like, yeah. I, was I was just like, throw this, throw this. Even the stuff that meant something to me that was really important to me, I was like, I can't afford to be sentimental right now. I have to ditch all this shit. My government is totalitarian and psychopathic. I got to just get the fuck out of this city and at least go live in the country where it's a bit more. I mean, it's not that much better here, is it? But it, it was. It's not as bad as Melbourne. 
Yeah, and I think you were probably more convinced that something terrible was going to happen than I was. So for me doing it, it felt a little bit scarier. It may have felt a little bit more insane because I was, for a lot of it, felt as if I was going off blind faith when I was doing it. Yeah, you really just had to trust me. And you do trust me because I've been right about, like, we make the joke that I'm right about everything (laughs) and that I predict all this shit. But, like, you really did have to just take a leap of faith and be like, okay, my boyfriend's being a little crazy right now, but he's been correct about everything in the past and I trust him and he's kept me safe and, you know, he's given me good advice and mentorship. Even though he's being a bit batshit right now and telling me I have to throw out everything in my apartment and get the fuck out, like, I guess I'm going to go along with it. Yeah, it really was, I think you've called it before, quite a harrowing... It was fucking harrowing. It was horrible. I didn't enjoy making... Because you were crying the entire time. Yeah. I sound like such a shit boyfriend, but like... Very (laughs) horrific. Yeah, you were crying the whole time and saying like, I don't understand why we have to do this. Like, are you sure we have to do this? And like, I just had to be like cold and... Like, I wasn't cold. I was very nice to you and empathetic. And I was like, listen... Baby, you you just have to trust me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we have to do this, but, like, we have to do this. When I tell you that we have to do something, uh, you know, uh, trust that I'm saying it from a rational, logical, well-thought-out. Because for context, I had been following all of this stuff for, like, the last five months, right? Like, I've seen the writing on the wall. I've been doing a bunch of research. I knew where this was going. I knew that this only gets worse. I'd gotten very good at predicting what was going to happen next. And I think I predicted like the last 20 measures because all of these measures that we've mentioned, the curfews and the lockdowns and all of these crazy kind of things have come in step by step. Like it hasn't all been introduced at once, right? And I have predicted every single thing that's happened, correct? For the most part, yeah. Yeah. Like very close to the point where you may have To the point it becomes a fucking joke. I'm like, oh, I bet you they do this next week and then they do it. Then I'm like, oh, okay, I bet you in three days they do this and they do it. And so I said to you, like, we're going to go under some sort of lockdown. What I predicted was I said something like we won't be allowed to leave the house at all Mm. and the military will give rations. And I'm not convinced. That might come. That may come. And... What ended up happening was pretty fucking close to that. You can only go outside for one hour a day. You're going to get arrested and choked by police if you're outside for a reason that they, like, even if you're outside for a valid reason, they're just going to decide, you know, they'll arrest you and choke you. And so we threw all your stuff out. We threw all my stuff out. We went back to your mother's place to stay. We had no apartments tying us down at that point. We had nothing left. You were still crying even as we were driving to your mother's house, right? You even look sad right now. And yeah, that was horrible. That was incredibly painful for me. Like, I suppose we should fast forward and give context, future context to this. So two days, like two or three days after we did that, yeah, they introduced all the stage four lockdowns, all the curfews. They started going batshit insane. You can only go outside for one hour a day. We're going to increase the fines. They've started smashing in like car windows of like breaking into people's windows. Oh, we forgot the most egregious thing of all. Police can enter your house without a warrant. So let that sit for a minute. Everyone in a Western democracy, imagine police entering your house without a warrant. They don't need a warrant anymore to enter your house. So that all got brought in two days after we cleared out our apartment. So at that point, I literally turned to you and I was like, 
this is why I told you we had to do this. And you kind of looked at me and, yeah. Yeah. In that moment, I think you understood. Would that be fair to say? Yeah. And it was still hard and maybe. Of course it was, yeah. To an extent still is, but there was a reason behind it. Yeah, I wasn't just being batshit insane. I mean, I kind of was, but like. I knew that bad shit was going to come and it's better to get the fuck out of that environment and maybe you overreacted and then you laugh about it and you go, ha, uh, that was a bit silly, wasn't it? Rather than the alternative, which is, could you imagine if we we're still in Melbourne right now, unable to leave with mask mandates? I mean, we have mask mandates where we are, but like, it's much worse in the city. Military, violence. Like, there's been a lot of violence from people to the police as well. There's been two police officers in one week that were hit by cars when they tried to, like, question people as to why they were outside. Um, A policewoman had her head smashed against the pavement repeatedly when she asked a woman why she wasn't, like, why she was outside without a valid reason. So I believe there's going to be riots. I believe that this is going to go down a very violent path, and I'm very glad that we're not there in the city. Now, again, it's not that much better in the country where we are, in the countryside, given, you know, there's mask mandates, we can't go and sit in cafes, everybody, like, acts like we're pariahs or like we're evil when we go outside without a mask. We basically don't go outside. We're basically trapped at your mother's house, which is pretty fucking horrible. Um, On top of that, everything that we enjoy doing is illegal at the moment. Like, you can't go to the gym. You can't really see your friends. I mean, we don't have any friends out here. And even if we did, it's not like you can really see them. You have to be out for a valid reason. And being with your friends isn't a valid reason. Yeah, you're not allowed, like, more than two people in a Yep, so more than two people can't gather at once. Like, you can't gather in a group of three people with your friends. Indoors or outdoors. Indoors or outdoors, anywhere, yep. You can't go to your friend's house. Yeah, that's not if you said... if police pulled you over and you said, I'm going to see my friend, that would not be a valid Yes, you would reason. get a $1,652 fine for that. More if you break these laws again. So if you then break these laws a second time, you can be fined up to $10,000. Um, all the businesses that have been closed, if they open up, it's $10,000 per day for breaching corona regulations, and that can be quickly increased. No, sorry, I think the second day is a $100,000 fine and $100,000 a day after that. We're skipping, like, I feel like we've probably missed all the, we've missed a lot of other dot points that we just would have forgotten because there's just so many to think of. Oh, I wanted to talk about mental health. Yeah, I think without getting stuck on all of the semantics of... Like the actual actual, dot points. Yeah, what is actually happening. I think even now there has definitely been an after effect of, like, on... I think both of our mental health is, like managing all of this I even yesterday I think was a moment in which I was feeling horribly sad (laughs) and depression is like a daily occurrence for both of us at this point I think we can just say it's daily and it it felt very illogical at the time because nothing technically seemed wrong and it was only after Andy had kind of mentioned that you know if you think about it everything that you enjoyed and like doing has been taken away from you. It kind of yeah. gave more reason as to why. You're very bad at giving context, you kid little thing. So for context, you were feeling super depressed and you didn't understand why. Like you were crying and you kept kind of like you were beating yourself up for it. You were saying like, I don't understand why I'm crying. Like 
I'm being pathetic. Like there's nothing even wrong. I'm here with you. I'm here with my mother. I get to do my art. I still have a job. I work from home. Like everything should be okay. Why am I upset? And I told you to stop being so damn hard on yourself because when I laid out all the individual things that were going on, you suddenly realized like, oh, there is actually a lot wrong here. You know, when I said like, you can't go to the gym right now, that's going to make you depressed. You can't see any of your friends. That's going to make you depressed. You don't have your own apartment. I don't have my own apartment. We ditched all of our stuff. That will make you depressed. You know, when we like started laying out all these reasons for your depression, you then said, you know, okay, I guess of course I should be, or not should, but it makes sense that I'm depressed. Like these are very horrible times that we're going through. Did you want to talk a little bit more about your own experience with it all? Yeah. Particularly in the early stages. And I want to talk about my depression a little bit as well. Because obviously you've been having a rough time. I've been having a rough time. We've been having a rough time together. I think we've been doing a really good job of looking after each other though, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely say so. Like it's been a case in which we are definitely both leaning on one another to kind of get through the. Yeah. I've made the point to you many times, like, look, this is a fucking crisis. We're literally in a totalitarian, fascist, dictatorship, psycho police state. For a little while, we're probably going to lean on each other a little, maybe a little more than that is fair. Maybe, you know, we're going to be a bit of a burden to each other at times. Maybe we're going to be a little clingy and needy to each other. But, like, we're literally going through, like, a hellhole right now. Like, we basically can't go outside. So let's just lean on each other as much as we need to. Neither of us will be particularly independent during this period. Like we're both going to be very needy and clingy and we're going to use each other for self-medication. Like let's just get through this. Our only mission is to survive. And then once all the borders are open up, we get the fuck out of here. Like we just leave because we can't leave as well. That's the other thing that's the probably the worst part is that we can't just leave this. We can't leave Victoria, our state which would be, like, we've talked about that a million times. Like, if we could just leave, none of this would even matter. Like, I wouldn't give a shit that... I, I'd care for my friends who are still here, and I'd still be advocating and doing podcasts and trying to get the word out, but, like, my mental health would be perfectly fine if I could leave, mm. and I'm sure yours would be too. Yeah. So, my own depression. I've written an article about it. I'll leave a link in the show notes to it called My COVID Depression. It really should have been called My Lockdown Depression. <sighs> Maybe I'll rename it, but... Yeah, I got to a point where I was drinking every day just to self-medicate because there was nothing else that gave me joy. And if I drank, at least the hours got to go by a little quicker and I got to feel that like buzz. I got to feel nice. And if you're drinking every day, you need to start drinking more and more. So I needed a bottle of wine just to feel like anything at all. And then I needed like a bottle of whiskey to start. I did that for like two or three days in a row. And that's like a lot of money as well. And at that point I was like, okay, this is just insane. I need to stop drinking. I'm still drinking little bits and pieces here and there, probably every like third day, every fourth day, something like that. But that is way better than where I was of like every single day in a row. And in terms of like depression, it's just this weird overwhelming sense of nothing matters. I mean, that's literally what depression is. I've been depressed years and years ago, so I understand it. And I know you're feeling the same thing too. And I've had a few people reach out to me and say like, hey man, like you just got to like knuckle down and focus on your website, focus on your podcast, like focus on the things that will be productive. And 
I would give the same advice to other people, but it is very hard to care about those things when all of the rewards and all of the joy and all of the sunshine and the color has been taken out of your life. There is very little reward that I get out of doing this podcast by in and by in and of itself. This podcast is fun, but it is only fun in the context of it is building towards something. It is the work that I am putting in to build up a popular podcast, to help other people, to be able to pay all my bills from, you know, my website and this podcast. Those I'm work. It, it's a. I'm not going to say it's a job, but it is definitely work, and it is very re- rewarding. But it is only rewarding if you get to have a reward. And so, what I mean by that is. After I finish a podcast and I upload it, or after I write an article for my website, or after I finish a coaching call with a client, I then immediately, or I usually would then say, okay, now I'm going to go and do something fun. I've just put in the the work. Now I'm going to go and have the reward. So I would go for a walk. I would go sit in a cafe. I would go outside and spend time with you. We would go on a road trip on the weekends, which we can't do anymore. I would do something fun because that's what you're supposed to do. Like you go to work and then you come home and you have a reward. You have a beer or you watch TV or you hang out with your friends or you go to a barbecue or you go to a meetup group. You do something to relax after work. And when all of those things have now been stripped away and they're all illegal and there's nothing fun that I can do, I can't even go to the gym. Like all of the things that I had as rewards are no longer there. And I can invent other rewards, but they don't, I can't, you you can't tell someone, I can't tell any of you what you should do that's fun. And if all the things that you enjoy are made illegal, I can't then come along and say like, oh, go do this other thing. And you might say like, well, that doesn't actually give me any joy. It doesn't matter. Just do it. Like it, it's a very weird life to be living when you don't have any of those rewards and there's no, it's almost like there's no purpose. Would you say? It definitely feels that way sometimes. It kind of feels as like if what's the point? You're going through the motions. Yeah, and it's just not fulfilling. Even though, in th- like logically, you're like this should mean something, but it just doesn't. You know, you don't yeah. feel it anymore. Yes, yes, yes. There's just a numbness. So I do these podcasts. I'm enjoying this. Like I'm enjoying this in this moment. But as soon as we finish this podcast, and as soon as I upload it. I'm then going to think, okay, well, what do I do for the next like 10 hours? And then you think, okay, well, like write an article for your website or record another podcast or go and reply to some of those client emails that you're, you're late on. And I think like, yeah, but what's the point? Like there's just the thought of what's the point? And you think, well, because you're building towards something. Yeah, but what's the point of building towards something if all the things that brought me joy, I can't do any of them? Like I don't want to be rich if I can't go and sit outside in a cafe and have fun. I don't want a super popular website if I can't go on a road trip with you. I don't want to be famous, not that fame is something I necessarily want, but I don't want influence if I can't go to the gym and, you know, put on some muscle and do the fun things I want to do. I don't want, I won't say I don't want to help guys, but like I I don't want to build up a website where I help a bunch of other people while sitting at home depressed myself. And as selfish as that might sound, that's not selfish. That's, it's at a point now where like people will say to me like, hey, your website helped me so much. Like, 
They'll write me like five paragraphs, and that still means a lot to me. Like, I'm so fucking grateful. Every email anyone ever sends me absolutely makes my day. But it's kind of, there's this like gray cloud over their, their, their words. Like, they're like, you know, thank you so much, Andy. Like, this has helped me so much. And all I can think is, yeah, and I'm depressed. And yes, that's incredibly selfish, but it's hard not to be selfish when, like I say, all the things that you found fun are now illegal. And even the minor things that you and I have to self-medicate, like we're both doing keto diet, so we eat pretty much only meat. We don't need any carbs or any of that stuff. Our reward that we have, like something that we use to to self-medicate if we're having a bad day, is we will eat protein bars. And these protein bars have like basically no carbs, like one or two grams of carbs. They taste fucking amazing. I love them to bits. But, and we were using those for a while to self-medicate. Like, you know, okay, I'm having a shitty day. I'm depressed, but at least I get to eat a fucking protein bar. Like that's at least one nice thing I get. Wow. It's better than nothing at least. I don't even enjoy that now because going to get those protein bars means we have to go to the supermarket and I cannot wear a mask. That is not an option. I will literally die before I, like, it's not going to happen ever. I will literally kill myself. If anyone says, like, Andy, why don't you just wear a mask? You're basically saying to me, Andy, kill yourself. Because killing myself is the first option I would choose over wearing a mask. So know that in telling me to wear a mask, you are literally endorsing my suicide or encouraging my suicide. And you push, I shouldn't say you, because people aren't, like, people listening to this would never tell me like, although no, that's not fair. A few people have said to me like, Andy, just wear a mask, bro. Know that in doing so, you are encouraging my own suicidal thoughts. You are literally making me think I should kill myself. So I would really appreciate if people would not say that. Again, it's only a a tiny, I've only had like two people ever say that. So I shouldn't say that a lot of people are saying that. But going out to buy these protein bars from the supermarket we get stared at like hell, right? Like, and we've been confronted several times. It's not like, it's not like people are like, oh, where's your mask? It's like, they're staring daggers at us. Like they're ready to kill us. Mm-hmm. And I think that they really would kill us and they would feel justified and righteous in doing so because they would say, oh, he's not wearing a mask. So he's endangering all of us. He's killing grandma. He's putting all our lives at risk for a virus that has a 99.9, whatever it is, like you <laughs> you just get this virus and you get better. More people have died in this country from influenza, from the flu. And you can say, "Oh, but you know, you're locked down and wait till it comes out." Like whatever, that's an entirely different argument. Go read the show notes. We're not going to get into the arguments of whether COVID is is a scam or not. It is a fucking scam. Go and read the link I have in the show notes, melbournepolicestate.com. I go into all these details. It is an absolute scam. It is a farce. It is literally a scam. COVID is not a threat, essentially, especially not to me and not anyone under 65, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, like even going to the grocery store is a nightmare. I don't enjoy that. I don't like going to buy a protein bar, which at this point feels like one of the few self-medicating things I have left. Because the other thing that I used to self-medicate is YouTube videos. Mm. You know, I like watching my YouTube I watch like gamer channels. I watch Mario Maker. I'm into Age of Empires. Um, I watch a, a a few first person shooters like PUBG, uh, a little bit of Apex Legends. Though that's died. 
hopefully like if I just keep naming name naming games, eventually someone will be like, Oh, I like that game. Wow. <laughs> Me and Andy have so much in common. What other games do I like watching? Mm. Me and Andy are bros because he like he he kind of peripherally likes this <laughs> game that I also peripherally like. Mm. I fucking hate Fortnite. So anyone who doesn't like Fortnite, we're now best friends. <laughs> what the fuck other games do I watch? You've told me a lot about Counter Strike. Counter Strike, CS:GO. There has to be someone who watches fucking CS:GO out there. Shout out to my boys if you watch CS:GO. And let's okay. go super nerdy. If you know who Thorin is and Richard Lewis and who else can I name? Fucking Monte Cristo, Semler, Anders. I'm just going to keep saying names. There has to be, like, I'm desperately grabbing at straws here. Like, mm-hmm. someone has to have heard of any of these things that I'm mentioning, and then they'll leave a comment and be like, oh, my God, bro, you like CSGO? We're best friends. So, yeah, I don't even enjoy watching YouTube anymore because it just feels like wasting, like, there's no purpose to it. Again, self-medicating and rewards and doing fu- fun things that only means something if you've also put in the hard work. And then simultaneously, the hard work only means something if you get to have fun afterwards. Like nobody can just sit there and work on their website for like 20 hours a day. You can for a couple of days and then after a week, it quickly becomes depressing. It's like, well, what's the point of this? I'm not getting that dopamine hit from having a reward afterwards. And from there, it's very easy to slip into depression. Like I'm 100% just depressed. Like. Not all the time, and I think I'm doing a very good job of coping. Like, I think you would agree that I'm not sitting around moping. There hasn't been a single day that I haven't created content. Um, I'm not falling behind on client emails or anything. Right now, I'll tell you, like, most of my clients wouldn't know that I'm depressed. And I bet you, if any of them, if any of you were listening, you'd be like, oh, like, I'm sure you're sad about what's going on, but, like, I never would have thought you're depressed, and I certainly wouldn't have thought you were suicidal because, like, I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing and putting myself aside while I help other people and then as soon as I finish helping them then I go back to my own pain and you know deal with that but yeah this hasn't been fun I've just talked for like 25 freaking minutes (laughs) but yeah I guess the point of that is that I think in addition to all of the the tangible kind of measures that have been put into place I think not only for ourselves but like for I mean for a huge number of people and the stats are pretty horrific like the number of suicides that's a horrible suicides have gone up in victorian hospitals in our state there's been a 33 percent increase in children presenting to hospital with self-harm injuries 33 percent. that's insane um professors uh there's a professor ian hickey or something like that something like that some guy at melbourne university i think has predicted 25% increase in the number of suicides over the next five years for every year. Um, And that's just now. That's only going to get worse as time goes on and the economic economic damage of this is all, you know, comes to light. Let's talk for a millisecond. I don't want to go into too much detail about this, but socialism, like I'm fully convinced this is just a really good excuse to bring in socialism. Like I said before, like 40-something percent of people are on some form of government welfare at this point. I think that's predicted to go up to like 60% or something. In Victoria? In Victoria, yeah. And they're talking about – because at the moment, everyone is getting free money, right? Like everyone is just sitting at home getting free money, and they're saying that they're extending that until March next year. So at that point, that would have gone on for a year. Like how is that not socialism? Like everybody is on free money. And when I say free money, I mean like two and a half thousand, or it's like $2,200. 
I think it's like 2000 if you're not getting any rent assistance, but you get rent assistance and yeah, $2,000 a month. Like that's insane for free money. Like how is that not socialism? We're literally in a socialist hellhole. We have a dictator. Everybody's getting free money. The government are trying to handle all our needs while handling none of them. We can't go outside. We're under curfew. At this point, state, like police state doesn't even begin to explain it. Dictatorship is underselling it. Fascism is understating it. And I've had some weird people say like, oh, why are you complaining? Like you should try living in a real dictatorship, right? Like this isn't a police state. You wouldn't even know what a police state is. Why are you saying this is a police state? It's like in police states, you can go out for more than one hour a day. There aren't curfews. And I had someone say like, oh, well, this isn't as bad as North Korea. And it's like, are you sure? Like, and also what kind of weird argument is that? Like, let me pick the worst country on earth in terms of dictatorship and fascism. And you're not as bad as that. That's like if I cut off your arm and I say like, well, at least you've got three other limbs, bro. Why are you even complaining? And as I've said, you and I have had this discussion. I'm pretty sure we're doing worse than North Korea. Like, does North Korea have a curfew? Maybe they do. Can you go out for more than one hour a day? I bet you can. You can't leave North Korea. Guess what? You can't leave Victoria. Like, we have more in common than North Korea right now than any country, any state in America. or And they already have some bad lockdown laws in America. But we have more in common with the North Koreans than most of the rest of the world. Like, how fucking crazy is that? We're a Western democracy, or we were. We're absolutely not. Because on that note, Parliament has been shut down as well. So it's not like they're even, all these laws that this Premier Daniel Andrews is bringing in, they're not getting discussed. They're not getting debated. No one can argue against them. He just says like, hey, this is happening. And because Parliament isn't sitting, nobody can argue against them. Yeah, so essentially there's, I guess, as a whole, there's a lot of reasons why we've gotten to this point where... Like, there's a lot of reasons as to why why we feel this way, and there's a lot that needs to kind of be processed, and I guess I guess that's a big reason why I guess we wanted to talk about it. Yeah, when I said that we were going to do this, you know, obviously we knew it was going to be painful. Not so much for me, because, like, you know, I'm fine with this stuff. I say fine, but, like, it's not like it upsets me that as much as it does for you. Mm. This is obviously pretty horrible for you. You feel it very strongly. I do too, but like, you know, I said to you, let's, let's bring, let's talk about this. Let's get it all out. Let's kind of purge it. And then we don't have to talk about it much anymore. We will obviously bring it up every now and then. It's hard not to talk about a police state when you live in a police state. But the idea of this podcast was to just blurt it all out, vomit it all up, and then feel a little better, like literally a purge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do we have any more that we want to talk about our mental health or the police state or any of that sort of shit? Or do you feel like we've covered pretty much all of it? In summary, kind of we're depressed, <laughs> which is completely natural when you've been exiled from your home, can't go outside, nothing that gave us joy we're allowed to do right now, yeah. I mean, don't have any friends. Yeah, I think maybe I'd like to finish on a point in which like, we are obviously still, like like you said, we're kind of being incredibly negative right now. Yeah, I wanted, I was going to, I was going to bring it back to positive. Finish what you're saying. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that, like, moving towards something positive, like, obviously, like we've mentioned, we're 
still setting goals and working on projects and having something to work towards and obviously doing as much as we can and also resisting this in you know in the best way that we can so we can i guess get to a point where as soon as we get the opportunity to leave we will be <laughs> yeah we're leaving the second we can get the fuck out of this shithole like this state is dead to me this country is dead to me i said to you on the drive over here i will never again for the rest of my life call myself an australian like australian is a horrible term now it is an insult i will not see it as anything but an insult it literally means someone who does not believe in freedom because for extra context it's not just victoria that's being crazy all the other states in this country are being insane as well they all have border restrictions and you cannot leave the states for anything that isn't a valid reason and when you go from state to state you have to do a mandatory two week quarantine in that new state and when i say quarantine i mean in a they have these hotels which are really like concentration camps and you cannot leave for any reason and in certain states like in western australia you are literally strapped with an ankle bracelet think about that for a second you are strapped with an ankle bracelet when you don't have covid and all the other states are doing just as crazy shit as that like victoria is the worst but that's only because we have the most case numbers because we had an outbreak here just wait till the other states have an outbreak they're already crazy insane right now with with like in south australia your children can be taken off you for any reason so if they believe your kids have covid they can just take your kids off you like that's literally they brought that law in a couple of weeks or a week ago it's literally drawn into parliament I like, think the idea is that if you're being, I don't know, neglect, not, this isn't just like general neglect. It's like regarding, it's specifically regarding COVID. It's specifically it? about COVID, yes. Like if they think that you're not looking after your kids in terms of COVID, or if they think your kid has COVID, or if they think you have COVID, or anything like that, it's COVID related, yeah, in the legislation. Mm. But let's make this a bit more positive. So we're going to get the hell out. Um, I want to make this positive because there was a podcast I went on before called The Rollo and Slappy Show. Shout out to them. They are absolutely worth listening to. I went on there. They, they had me on to talk about all this sort of stuff. And they're like a libertarian podcast. They talk about like individual freedoms and stuff like that. Um, great pair of guys. I love their podcast. Rollo and Slappy Show. And at the end of their podcast, they have something called the, they call it the free market success story. But the, the whole idea of it is that they talk about something positive, like some sort of success story, like maybe someone started a business or, you know, something like that. I would like us to kind of end this podcast on a similar sort of note, something positive. I think the first positive is that we're going to get out of here. Like that's obviously a huge positive. Mm. And I think your artwork and my website are positives because even throughout all this shit, I've still been working on my website. I've started this podcast. I've decided I'm going to do a 365-day project with this podcast. You've decided to do the same thing with your mm -hmm. artwork. Mm -hmm. You've also started building up your artwork. You, you sell art. You make art for people on Fiverr. And you do, like, commissioned works, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And throughout this whole process in the last, like, what, month, you've, like, tripled your prices, right? Like... Yeah, no, I've I've put them up drastically and have still had work at the new prices, which has been yeah. good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So essentially you started your own art business like pretty much when this COVID shit was going on. Mm -hmm. 
and that's been building up and you're starting to get like more and more success. You've had a bunch of clients at this point. I think you're charging like 70 US bucks per artwork at this point, which is like pretty damn good. Like I know you get embarrassed when I talk about this stuff, but like (laughs) you are pretty freaking talented. And I think it's important that we focus on that shit, you building your business and me building my business. Cause at the moment, kind of the only thing that we have to work towards is like, we're just kind of operating on blind faith that this will all magically get better at some point. And obviously I'm working hard to make it better. I'm going on podcasts. I've written up my stories. I'm contacting journalists. I've already had a bunch of people like write stories literally because of me. Um, Jeffrey Tucker at the A-I-E-R, if any of you know who he is or who they are. He wrote an article literally because I reached out to him and said, please, can you write about this? And he did. He even like mentioned me in the article. Um, so I, I'm doing activism, but I think it's important that we focus on the future. And if we can come out of this with me having done like, I don't even know how many podcasts at that point, like 50 podcasts, but we probably won't come out of this until like, we probably won't be able to leave the state for, I'm just going to pull a number out of my ask at least another three months. I'm just predicting March next year we'll be allowed to leave, but it could be way later than that. So I would have done like several hundred podcasts at that point, and you would have done several hundred pieces of artwork. I'm 100% certain at that point I would have built my business up even more, and you would have built your business up even more. And we just have to kind of trust that we'll be – it's like we talked about the other day when we're talking about fear, Mm. and we said current us – like the current versions of us have to make this massive sacrifice and it's fucking horrible. Like this is fucking horrible right now, but we're making this sacrifice so that the future us get to sit there and say, man, we went through a war that like, that was fucking horrible. But like, I'm so glad that we built up our businesses because now that the sunshine is out and we can go outside and things are better and we can leave, we're in a better position. Like we can pay the bills. Now we can have remote income now. We get to work for ourselves. We get to travel. Like we're sacrificing now for those future versions of ourselves. And yeah, it really is just blind faith, isn't it? Like we really are just like trusting because that's all we can do at this point. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I'm doing other things like, like I said, activism, but I am just one person. I'm not so arrogant that I think that I can like overthrow the establishment. I'll certainly play a big hand in that, but I'm not going to do it all by myself. Yeah. Should we wrap this bitch up? Mm-hmm. I love how it stopped raining now that we've sat in this fucking... It hasn't rained a single time while we've been sitting uh, in this shitty car. It did a little bit before. Okay, good, good. As long as it rained and I don't feel like we came in here for nothing. I just fucking hate this rain. It's like one... I guess that's one more. I said we wouldn't finish on a negative, but that's like one more thing that's been frustrating is it's winter here and it's cold and rainy and miserable and there's no sun and it's just like it's goddamn awful. So let's flip it around to the positive. That just makes me even more grateful for sunshine. I can't wait till the sun comes back out. Mm. We need to have an outro to these things. Yeah, we don't have one, do we? Yeah. Dooby dooby doop doop dooby doopy doop boo. Thanks for listening. <laughs> hey, let's do an outro. Like like a an ad placement. We don't have any. Because podcasts are sponsored. What are we sponsored by? We don't have a sponsor. <laughs> I would like to, because this this shit is fucking expensive. Like, this is actually ridiculously expensive to host this. Like, I can't remember. It's going to be like 100 US dollars a month just for my podcasting service, which pisses me off. And then I have to pay, well, the hosting service isn't that much, but like the podcast is 100 bucks a month US. So, guys, can you please, we are sponsored by 
me. So if you like this and would like to support me, I don't know. Can you just ask for money? Or is that rude? That's rude as fuck, isn't it? Mm. Can you just give me money, please? I feel like you need to offer something. Okay, I'll offer you something. Because that's like socialism. Love. <laughs> I will love you forever if you give me one dollar. There you go. If you okay, if you donate one dollar to me, you can just PayPal it to me. <laughs> Literally, if you donate one dollar, I will love you. Hey, actually, we should probably do shout outs. We could. Like, I will read your name on the next podcast. Actually, I just had a brain. Why have we not? thought of this we could just like have people who sponsor the podcast like patreon i mean that's essentially what patreon is i just invented patreon guys so if you love this podcast (laughs) and you want to give me money i would love you forever and i would read your name out okay what if okay no 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 no. here's my good idea i love how we're just doing this live on air this is so fucking unscripted and shit what if i'm gonna set something up i'm gonna set up some sort of patreon or something like that and for different amounts that you could give, like if you gave $1, you get to ask me one question and I will answer it in one sentence. If you give $5, you get to ask and I will write a paragraph. If you give like $20, we will dedicate a portion of the podcast to answering your question. I feel like we should be doing that, right? Like we could turn this into like a Q&A section at the start and we actually help people mm. based on like if they give us money. Mm-hmm. So, I won't give a shit about you unless you give me money. <laughs> no, that's not true. I, I think I have the issue that I give too much of a shit about people. Mm. I'm like way too generous with my time, like above and beyond, and I just have no fucking free time, and then I stress myself out. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, I love you very much. You don't actually have to give me money if you don't like that. Was, part of that was facetious, but if you want to give money, like I would probably love you forever. <laughs> I'll set something up. I will set something up because I will need to make money from this because it is expensive as hell. It really is. And I do want to pay my bills so I can do more of this. But yeah, I'll go away. I'll figure something out. Whether it's another sponsor from, you know, like we actually have an advertiser on here or something like that. That's an option. Um, Even if it's just talking about the the stuff that I promote, the products that I like, like the magic wand, the bathmate, like stuff like that. Stuff that's helped me. Maybe we'll talk about that. Or, you know, it could be something like a patron because then it's more like people who want to donate can donate. And if you don't want to, you don't have to. And you don't have to listen to an ad or anything. So we'll figure it out. Love you very much. Tell them you love them. I, I love them too. Say you. You don't I, say I love, I love them. Th- That's talking about them. Say I love you. I love you. I love you too. <laughs>